Hey friend, Graham Baldwin here with The Speaker Lab. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if someone gave you the exact process to find and book more speaking gigs in 2024? That'd be nice, right? Well, I'll tell you what, we're just gonna do that for you. We've created a new 18-page guide based on Dan Irvin's process that helped him actually book over $100,000 in speaking gigs in the past year. Now, Dan is one of our uh, team members here. He's this, a very successful speaker and also one of our coaches. And so you're gonna learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, proposal emails, and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps. Again, that's plural, thespeakerlab.com slash steps. We're going to send you that PDF guide right to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps. That's it. That's all you got to do. Go there. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You're awesome. Welcome back, friends. We are on the podcast today with uh, Dave Allred to talk about his unconventional speaking journey and what he's been building throughout his career. Now, Dave comes from a, a small town in Utah, and he is no stranger to hard work. Through his hard work, he turned his college job into a 15-year career in sales and sales leadership. And for Dave, this was great, paid the bills, but it ultimately wasn't what he wanted. What he really wanted to be optimizing for in his life was freedom. And so in this episode, we're going to break down how Dave found freedom in his life while providing for his family and pushing the limits of his goals. Dave is going to share his mindset around goal setting and expanding his comfort zone to achieve his biggest dreams. Dave's speaking career is the result of conquering one of his biggest fears. So why has he stuck with it? Well, you are just going to have to keep uh, listening to find out. So thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did uh, recording it and chatting with uh, Dave. So let's jump right into it. Here's my conversation with Dave Allred. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Good to have you here with us today. Today, I'm chatting with my uh, buddy, Dave Allred, and uh, excited to chat with him. Uh, very successful uh, speaker and an entrepreneur, investor. And so he has taken a, a path into speaking that has been a bit unconventional to what uh, a lot of people we've talked with. So excited to chat with him today about that. Dave, what is up, my man? How you doing? Grant, thanks for the invitation. I'm honored to be here, man. Let's do this. Yeah, it's going to be good. So first of all, why don't you give us a little bit of context of uh, who are you, what do you do uh, in terms of work, and then how does speaking fit into the mix of things? Okay. Um, so I'm from Utah, small town. I uh, grew up in a really poor income, you know, low income, uh, blue collar home. I was going to college, got recruited to go out and go sell home security systems door to door. I knew it was going to be hard. I didn't know how hard it was going to be, but it was one of the most hard, you know, challenges I did in my life. Went out to Chicago for four months, failed miserably, but was able to, you know, finish out the summer, um, you know, made $31,000, which for me was life changing. Even mm -hmm. to today, that's probably the most important money I ever made. I know it's more than my, my parents had made. And it was, it was, you know, as a college student, that was really incredible for me. Came back the next year as a sales manager, um, you know, made 156000 and next year as a regional manager and kept growing that income. And it turned into a 15 year leadership career managing 121 sales teams across 41 states. Uh, you know, we had two IPOs with Blackstone and Goldman Sachs. So it's fun to see that company, you know, grow and scale. And uh, all along the way, though, I was, I was really passionate about creating more freedom in my life. I realized a long time ago that freedom is one of my core motivators. And so I started to aggressively take that active income and put it into passive income real estate. And, you know, so I started out when I was, uh, what was I, 22, 23 years old, 
bought my first rental properties, really fell in love with that process of, you know, pursuing passive income and, and also not having to pay a lot of taxes. You know, there's a lot of tax benefits with, with real estate. And so um, when I was 30 years old, I set a goal of having 40 rental properties by age 40. Uh, I called it 40 by 40. You know, it was my mantra. I changed all my, my passwords and my, my screensaver on my phone to 40 by 40. And I committed to doing whatever it would take to creating that quality of life and that, that financial freedom for my family. Hit that goal when I was 36. Uh, increased that goal to having ownership in 1,000 rental properties by age 40. Uh, and that's when I retired from, you know, that leadership career. And I went full-time into real estate. And uh, hit that goal when I was 40. Um, and then I decided to help launch Axia Partners, which is our real estate firm. We're a national real estate investment firm. Uh, we have multiple investment opportunities across the country. We mainly focus on recession resilient commercial real estate. We love self storage, multifamily, and industrial warehouse space. And it's been really fun, you know, bringing in about 400 of my friends and, and, and family into uh, commercial real estate and hoping to create those, you know, tax benefits as well as the passive income and freedom for those that I, that, that we, that I care about. So it's been a fun journey. And uh, go ahead. That's awesome, man. I don't know if you if we've ever talked about it, but uh, I early on, again, many, many years ago, probably similar to you, uh, I started selling home security systems. And so my father-in-law owned a business doing that in another state. And so uh, when my wife was pregnant with our, our first child, uh, I was like, oh, I mean, my father law can figure it out. Surely I can figure it out. And so started doing that, did that for a little while before I got into speaking actually. And so, yeah, that's a grind, man, going door to door and, uh, talking with people and chasing down leads and following up. And like, it's, it, it learned a ton from that, but I, I definitely don't miss those days. Grant, I did not know you did that. That's awesome, man. We, uh, we're cut from the same cloth. You know, I'd say it's definitely not a fun job. It's definitely, you know, not a, it, there's a lot of things to, to hate about it, honestly, you know, but yeah. what I do feel, I feel like you learn a lot about life. You know, you learn a lot about life skills and, and soft skills, for example. You know, and as an example, all my children, you know, I, I hope that they will go out and do at least one season of door ourselves just because it teaches you so much about, you know, how to handle rejection, how yeah. to embrace doing hard things, you know, psychology, interpersonal communication, discipline, time management, um, leadership. And, and salesmanship, which are some of the most valuable skill sets in today's economy. Yeah, big time. So, uh, all right. So you walk us through there, all the the journey into real estate, the 40 by 40, uh, I think is super cool. We could spend a lot of time talking about that and just kind of the focus and intentionality behind that, how you achieve that significantly earlier than expected. Uh, but at what point did you, you mentioned, like you started Axia, which uh, as a disclosure, uh, I, I'm an investor in, um, neither of us are being paid to be here right now. So, but nonetheless, uh, I should probably mention that cover both of our butts. But uh, at what point did you start speaking and then how to speak? fit into what you're doing so so when I when I when I retired from door door sales back in 2017 and I jumped into real estate what I realized was I love real estate I'm very passionate about it but I realized you know I really missed that that interpersonal side of, of the of leadership and that that it, you know just creating value for people direct value for people and, and development leadership capacity and so um, I actually started to on the side to do executive consulting for small to medium, high growth companies. And so I'd have, you know, four to six clients at any given time. And they're all CEOs and, you know, very successful business people. But it was fun to be able to help create value for them and see them get to that next level. 
And I really, really enjoyed that. But I also realized I was trading, you know, time, you know, an hour for an hour. And I just like it wasn't the best use of my time and, and my skills. And so I decided to start working on public speaking and be able to speak from a stage where I can create value for, you know, thousands of people at the same time. And I just like that was a better use of my time and, 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 and talents than, you know, one-on-one. But honestly, I, I do miss the one-on-one, you know, having, you know, face-to-face conversation and, and identifying their, their blind spots and, and where we can really imp- improve their business was really, really fun. But I, that, that, that's what really probably sparked the, uh, the journey in, uh, in public speaking. Second, secondarily to that was in my, my entire life, I've really lived around the motto that if something scares you, you should probably do it. And that's just, it's been a, literally a model throughout my entire life, you know, whether that's, you know, hiking Mount Everest, whether that's uh, running with the bulls uh, last month in Spain, you know, di- you know, skydiving, whatever that looks like. But if it scares you, I feel like it's, it usually means you should just do it. And at this point in my life, there's really only three things that that still scare me. And I'll share them with you, Grant. Uh, one of those is public speaking and, you know, specifically stand-up comedy. Uh, it's something that I, I feel like if you can do stand-up comedy. It, that's the truest and purest form of, of communication. Mm-hmm. And so a funny, funny story, I actually hired a uh, stand-up comedy coach last month and nice. uh, I podcast. I've got a, a two hour uh, in-person training session with them to try to figure out how to do this public uh, stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. And so that's one thing that's kind of, you know, scares me. Number two is open water swimming. I've done a few Ironmans and endurance events and, and the swimming mm-hmm. portion. is just, I, I just float. I, I'm sorry. I sink like a rock. I'm not very buoyant. Mm-hmm. Trying to figure that out. The third one is I've got these three amazing, beautiful daughters and the idea of them dating just scares the hell out of me. <laughs> so I'm still trying to figure out how to, how to manage that, that side of it. So well, if you f- figure out that last one, you let me know. I'm in that same boat uh, with the three girls. So, uh, all right. So, you're scared by speaking, want to lean into it, even taking a step back further of you mentioned like, okay, I'm doing some coaching, some consulting, some one-on-one type work. And I realize that's, you know, it's effective, but maybe is there a way to, you know, to go beyond this? There's a, there's a variety of different ways you could do that. You know, whether it's what we're doing right now as a podcast or video or, um, uh, speaking or a book, I mean, any number of platforms. So why speaking of all things, especially as like, as you mentioned, it's something that like terrifies you. I get the part of it. I like, okay, let's lean in into what we fear, but also uh, there are a lot of ways that you can make a living. Uh, so why, why incorporate speaking into to what you were doing then? Yeah. So again, I think it's mainly to be able to have a microphone to be able to reach a lot of people. Uh, you know, one of my personal, getting a little personal here, my personal goals for Dave already is, you know, I want to be able to create direct value for at least 10 million people in my life and help at least 1000 people create true financial freedom through passive income. And so again, having a, a bigger stage, you know, and a microphone allows you to touch or to impact so many more people. And so that's, that's probably the, the key answer there. Secondarily is with Axia partners, you know, I love speaking about financial literacy and about, you know, just, you know, how to be a professional investor, you know, how to, look at uh, investment allocations and, you know, guiding principles when it comes to investment decisions and, and really just helping to create that financial freedom. And so, uh, you know, it might sound kind of cheesy, but I, I found like the more that I can, the more value I can create for other people, it always comes full circle. My, my all time favorite quote is by Zig Ziglar. And he mm-hmm. says, you can have everything you want in life. If you help enough other people get what they want. And mm-hmm. 
I just found that, you know, the more value you can create, not only does it actually make you feel really good and, and get that fulfillment, but eventually it usually comes full circle and usually, you know, two to three times. And so, uh, you know, and, and then, and then a third reason would just be, you know, with Axie partners, you know, we raise a lot of capital and mm-hmm. we have a lot of projects in the pipeline. So we're always looking to raise more and more capital. And so speaking and being a good speaker allows me to help share the message and create more awareness and more reach for to potential investors that may find Axie Partners a compelling investment opportunity. And so, you know, versus me, you know, getting on a phone call or texting a friend or you know, making a, a post, I can actually get in front of people real time, create real value for them, and then share, you know, an opportunity to invest with us. But, you know, one thing that I've learned, maybe two things real quick is, personally, I, one of my own goals in life is when I raise capital is I never want to chase capital, I want to attract capital, right? And so there's a big difference there and get, getting on stage and just pitching versus being able to create real value and then an invitation you know, to be able to look further into the opportunities with us. I, I, I do believe that in today's economy, you know, the days of just getting up and just pitching without creating value first it, are kind of behind us. And I, I guess it's my opinion, but the new economy is, you know, create massive value for people and then ask for their business. And so that's one of the ways that I feel like speaking has worked well for me is to take that approach on stage of, hey, how can I create maximum value for the audience? And then at the end, there's an there's an opportunity to learn more, right? But it's never really a high pressure, you know. Hey, here's you know, uh, info commercial yeah, yeah. <laughs> type of. Yeah, yeah, I think one of the things that's appealing about you know what you're doing and, and intriguing about it is you know again, there's a lot of people who listen to the podcast who are speakers and you know the Speaker Lab orbit, and they have followed like largely a, a traditional model of I go speak, I collect a check, and that's kind of the end of the transaction. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I did that for many many years, and that's super super effective. You know, you're in a good, good example of someone who it sounds like. Uh, that you, the primary goal for you is not only like, um, you know, kind of awareness with Axia, what you're doing there, but also from a, like a legion standpoint of building that know, like, and trust with people. And it's, it's, it's much more effective to do that in an in-person speaking environment than someone, you know, reading your blog post or getting an email or something like that. So have you found that that's primarily the win uh, from speaking is, is from a legion and, and trust building standpoint? Yeah, I would say the primary, I mean, and the, you know, the, the paid speaking income is nice. You know, it's, 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 it actually, it makes you feel good. It makes you feel, you know, it, it's, 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 it's probably the fun part of it. Sure. But I would say to your point, yeah, it's more about creating a community and creating connection and again, creating value for people that, you know, and if you create real actionable value for them, generally speaking, usually they're going to want to reciprocate that back. And so, I guess lead gen is, is an accurate way of, of saying that, but, uh, you know, just, just not, I, I prefer the, 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 the terminology of community, right? So building a community of like-minded people. And that's another part of this too, is, you know, if you can speak to a room with 5,000 people in it and you, you can really attract your tribe and the people that really vibrate with your message and they're really attracted to it. Right. And so you just get an opportunity to really find your people. Yeah. without having to spend so much time sifting through it on an individual level. Now, if we go back again another couple steps, when 
it sounds like you're doing some speaking and realizing like, okay, if I connect the speaking that I'm doing with what I'm, the fundraising that I'm doing and capital raising with uh, Axia, uh, I see how like this could potentially work. Where do you go from there in terms of finding and booking gigs that make sense? Because, you know, just because you want to speak on a topic doesn't necessarily mean organizations or groups care about that topic. Um, if you say, okay, I, you know, I want to get in front of um, people who have the means to invest in some of the real estate projects that I'm working on, well, that could look a lot of different ways in a lot of different settings. Um, so how did you kind of navigate and figure out, hey, here's where I'm best. Here's how I can best provide value and help people. And in addition, on the other side of the equation, like here are the people that have determined are best suited in terms of potential investors for what it is that we're doing. Like how, how did you navigate that and figure out uh, the right spot for you to be in? Yeah, it's a great question. So um, I might be a little bit different from most of your, your, your guests and your clients. I actually haven't put a lot of work into trying to find paid engagements. Uh, it's just been very organic. And so as I have spoken, uh, you know, it's just a lot of times that I think a lot of it's actually with social media, right? So I'll, I'll speak somewhere and I'll post something about that or other attendees will post about the event and some of their takeaways. And I think that just creates more and more awareness to the fact that I am willing to speak and, and also the topics that, that I'm passionate about speaking on. And so this naturally, I get a lot of, um, a lot of traction and a lot of, I guess, lead flow um, for speaking opportunities. But I haven't actually ever paid for an ad or really been very intentional with, with trying to source more speaking engagements. The only thing that I have done um, to create more, more lead flow is I launched a website. It's just DaveAllred.com. And on that website, there's one tab that's, you know, speaking. And so people can go in there and, 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 uh, and, and apply um, to have me speak at their events. So that's really the only thing I've done from an intentionality standpoint. I think that social media is such a massive tool. And I think a lot of people underestimate the power of social media, right? It's a free resource. And if you're trying to create a personal brand or more awareness around, you know, wanting to be a having more speaking engagements, I think my advice would be is just to make sure you're putting out good, consistent um, content on, on, on all the social media platforms. And I think that's, again, it's a free microphone, right, to be able to create more awareness. And at least for me, that's, that's, that's really been the key to, uh, you know, larger um, paid engagements. Do you find that just posting on social provides some of that social proof of people who have been following you, you know, like, uh, I, you know, I follow you on social and so I've seen times that you've posted stuff before. And so do you think that just kind of like tucks something in people's mind of like next time they're thinking of a speaker or need to recommend a speaker or refer a speaker that they go, wait a second, there's this one dude I follow online and he has some good content and he shares some good insights. And I've seen, you know, some social proof of things that he's posted before. You think that that's, uh, that, helps move the, the needle for you? <clears throat> I think that and this is my experience, but my experience has been, it's been, yeah, as long as you're posting relatable content and it's consistent, it's high quality, then I think what you really want to do is you want to be uh, top of mind, right? So if some company is looking to bring in a speaker to speak on passive income or real estate or, you know, creating a lifestyle design, or some of these topics that I'm very passionate about are tax deductible investing, right? Like those are topics that I'm, I'm well known for speaking on. Uh, and, you know, also a lot about, you know, just being a dad and, you know, balance with family work life. 
And so those are topics that I think a lot of businesses and events and masterminds get a lot of value from. And so, you know, the more I can post content about that, the more awareness people have that that's what Dave Arred likes to speak on. And, but, but I think it has to be, it has to have some consistency to the amount of that you're, te- you're, you're posting the content because again, you really want to stay top of mind. So, you know, when a CEO is thinking, Hey, who should we bring in to speak to our, our key employees or, you know, you want them to think of me, Oh, Dave already, he's perfect for this. I've seen him posting about this on social media. So that, at least for me, that's been a big, you know, a big key. Second, second to that is masterminds. And so as we spoke about um, prior to hitting the record button, you know, I'm in, I think it's seven different masterminds right now, which is funny because two years ago I'd been, I was in zero, <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm in seven masterminds and a lot of those, and I'm usually speaking and presenting at these events. And, and a lot of those events have a lot of CEOs and business leaders. And then they, they leave that event knowing that, you know, Dave Ard loves speaking on these topics. And so I've gotten a lot of uh, speaking opportunities from having spoken at some of those uh, high level mastermind groups as well. So you mentioned that it sounds like you, you've got a, you know, uh, plenty of opportunities that are coming through the door and invites and, oper- and, and invitations to go speak. How are you determining uh, which ones make sense and which ones don't? Um, because there's there's uh, a variety of different criteria. What's interesting is for speakers is everybody can have their own criteria. So what may make sense for you may not make sense for me and vice versa. It's not that one's better or worse than the other, but you've got to be clear for like what what uh, is the win for you as speaking. So what are the criteria that you determine? Yes, this one makes sense or no, that one may not make sense. By the way, uh, Grant, that's such a quality question. It really is. You know, I, I try to be very intentional with my time and where I deploy my, my energy these days. And, you know, and it's not only on where I speak, but it's with my, my friends, you know, with my business partners, even with my investors. And, you know, the simple answer is, is you know, I, I'm, I'm big on relationships. Like if I, if I don't like, if I can't like, sit down and like, hang out and like have a good time and, and enjoy a relationship, then I'm probably not going to come unless you pay me a lot of money <laughs> and maybe I, I'll still consider it. But generally I, I'm really just in the business of doing business with my friends at this point in my life. And so, you know, it's relationship based um, is the first thing I'd say. So like Grant, for example, when you asked me if I want to jump on this podcast, um, you know, I immediately said, yes. Why? Because you and I spent some time together at a front row dad's event and really, connected. You know, I feel we have a ton of, ton of similarities with our families, with our mission statement, with what we're trying to create with impact. And so it was an easy yes. Right. But I I get, I I literally get podcast invitations on a daily basis and 90% of the time I just don't respond or it's a no because, uh, you know, it doesn't really, because I don't, I guess, because I don't want to. And so I think that's number one is it's relationship based. Um, Number two would be, is, is this going to help create, you know, is it going to help grow my community? And again, community to me is people that are like-minded that we can create value for them. They can create value for us. And we have, you know, similar objectives. And the third one would be is the financial side of it again. So, you know, if somebody's going to pay you, you know, 25 grand or 50 grand to come speak in an event, then, you know, it's hard to say no to that as well. So those are yeah. my, kind of my three filters. Gotcha. Now, what about uh, in terms of just the volume 
the right number of events to do because again it sounds like you've got a, a you know a good amount of opportunities that may exist uh speaking is something that provides a lot of different value for you for the audience um but also you're in a spot where plenty of people listening may be in a, a similar spot of going okay i'm a business owner i wear a lot of different hats one of those hats being speaking and you may have you know a hundred different opportunities that come through the door that you could justify or say, hey, these all make sense. And as part of my role with Anaxia and what in my own personal brand, I could do all these. Yet, I don't have time to do all these in addition to everything else I'm doing. I'm not a full-time speaker. How have you kind of navigated and determined, does it make more sense to do five events or 50 events? And, you know, balancing, again, the business side of it, but also we were talking a little bit beforehand uh, just about travel and being away from family. Family is massively valuable to both of us. And so there's nothing like being on stage, but man, if I can sleep in my own bed and hug my girls at night, that's way more valuable. So how have you kind of navigated and determined what's the right amount of events to be doing? Good question. So when I when I first decided to jump into this space a few years ago, what I actually said to myself was, hey, you know what? I'm just going to say yes to every single speaking opportunity because I feel like I wasn't good at it. Right. And I I believe that the best way to get better at something is just to jump into it head first and and just do it. I mean, at least for me in my life, that's how I learned the fastest and most efficiently is just doing it. It's not reading a book or listening to a you know podcast. It's actually jumping into the weeds and, 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 and doing it uh, firsthand. So I uh, literally said yes to every single opportunity to speak for probably the first uh, year and a half, maybe. And then once I felt like I had it, you know, somewhat figured out, then it came down to more about travel and being away from my family and my, 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 my company. And so it was just more managing um, the, the schedule. At this point, I'd say probably about once a month is 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 a healthy balance for me i feel like i'm speaking once a month on a stage i'm able to stay sharp and uh, you know continue to improve and it's not taking away too much time for my family or my businesses got it uh Let's also talk about uh, you mentioned that part of the value for you as speaking is not necessarily just the, you know, the, the check that you may get, although that is certainly nice. We all like to eat and live indoors. But also whenever it comes to uh, building some awareness with Axia, per- perhaps uh, meeting some new potential partners uh, or investors. Walk us through when you're giving a presentation and you know part of the win for you is not necessarily uh, just the check or providing some value, but also like, well, ideally, I'd like to get some you know potential investors and start some conversations and relationships out of this. It's a different thing, different sale or transaction than just like, hey, go to the back of the room and buy my book uh, type thing. So when you are presenting or if someone who's listening uh, is in a similar spot of going, hey, you know, uh, I... Uh, I'm a, I have a marketing agency. I speak about marketing, but I also have these, you know, six figure contracts with clients. Well, that's not just to go to the back of the room and sign up. So walk us through, like, is there anything that you do to kind of seed those conversations to lead into those conversations for people to kind of give them an opportunity to raise their hand, express interest. And, uh, like what, walk us through, what do you, what do you do for that? So a lot of that depends on the, on the audience, right? If they came to learn about Axia partners offerings, I'm going to be a lot more direct, a lot more, yeah. Hey, this is the opportunity. This is the value proposition. And then here's the next steps. And that next steps can be pretty much, Hey, you know, here's subscription documents, you know, here's the next steps, log into our investor portal and let's rock and roll. If it's more, you know, the group is just wanting to learn about real estate in general and about how, what passive income is, or, you know, I've spoken at some of the local universities here recently in front of, you know, three to 400, you know, in, in their entrepreneurial classes. 
and and that's a you know not a very sophisticated group where you've got to keep it really really simple right and in that situation i'm not trying to pitch anything i'm just really trying to create value only um so it really depends on the audience um i would say what i have found to be very effective i, I always invite people to follow me on social media so i'll just throw out you know dave allred it's on all the platforms pretty easy to find and I love social media because it really helps you to be able to communicate, uh, connect on more of a, a, a personal level on a human level. And it also allows you know, automatically you can, you, you stay connected. Right. And so when I post something in the future about my family, about a multifamily deal or about our new fund offering, it's, it's there without having to put any additional work into it. So I think social media is a huge, huge tool. Uh, I also have had a lot of success lately with just using a QR code. So we'll go through a, a PowerPoint presentation, create as much value as possible. Uh, and then towards the end, it's a simple invitation. If you'd like to learn, learn more about what we're working on and upcoming opportunities, here's a QR code and they just pull their phone, scan that. Uh, and then that can add their information to our, our communications and our future email list. And that way they're going to be in the, in the know in the future as well. So again, but I think really it comes down to the audience and what they're looking for. You know, my, my primary goal, Grant, when I get on stage, is, is, is I always try to ask myself this question over and over as I'm preparing as well, as well as when I walk on the stage is just, you know, how can I create maximum value for the audience? And I think if you ask that question, you always, you know, you frame your presentation around that is the root question or like the primary, the foundation. That's what, that's where I found the best success, man, because you're really focusing on how you can create and serve the audience and it's always going to come back full circle to you. So, yeah. and on that note, sorry if I can expand a little bit more. When I first got started, I think that, you know, I was so worried and so, so nervous about what people were going to think about me on stage, right? I think that's pretty natural. Like, you don't want to be embarrassed. You don't, you care what people think so much. What really helped me to feel more confident as a speaker was realizing that nobody, everybody's thinking about themselves. Everybody's thinking about themselves. And, yeah. and, and I even tell my daughters this, you know, with, you know, with anxiety and, you know, in high school, it's like, Hey, you know, other people's opinions are none of your business. And the more you can realize like, Hey, everybody's actually thinking more about themselves and like how they feel and what they're getting out of this than, than you, it, it, it kind of shifts the focus to how can I create maximum value for them? And I think that's really helped me to, to feel more confident up there um, in, in my shoes. So I don't know if that makes sense, but that's, that's helped me a ton personally. Yeah. Uh, for someone who's listening, who maybe is in a similar spot of going, uh, I am interested in speaking in part to, from like a lead gen standpoint, how I'd be curious, like how speaking, when you, when you look at, um, uh, and again, I, I know that you're not, um, uh, not necessarily thinking through every possible lens as, you know, is this going to drive investors or not, but that is that is certainly a byproduct of, of speaking in some of the other efforts that you have. How does speaking stack up against social media, some of the other efforts that you make um, to attract new investors? So for someone, again, who's who may not necessarily be trying to attract investors, but may be doing something uh, similar in terms of just lead generation for their product or service, how has speaking worked for you relative to other channels? <clears throat> That's a really good question. I may not be fully qualified to answer that. And I say that because... You know, I'm really proud of the fact that I have around 400 investors that uh, have invested capital with me. However, it's all very organic. It's, it's all my friends, my family, my social network. 
Yeah, I mean, I've actually never paid for an ad or a Facebook ad or an email campaign. So I don't have a lot of experience with, you know, intentional uh, marketing campaigns and lead gen like that. It's just been very, very organic and a lot of word of mouth and a lot of repeat investors over the years. So there's, there's an honest answer. I don't, I actually don't know what to compare that to yeah. because it's always just been very, yeah, very just kind of natural organic. Yeah, so. that's fair. Uh, all right, let's wrap up with this. Um, you, let's go back to Dave of several years ago of going like, ah, I'm kind of interested in speaking and I'm going to say yes to a whole bunch of things. And I know that I'll get better, but currently I suck at it and I'm thinking I could be decent at this. I don't know if I have what it takes. What would you say to the speaker who's in that same spot of wondering if they have what it takes and want to make speaking some part of their career? My advice would be is to just dive in you know, head first and again, take every single speaking opportunity that you can. Um, even if, even if it's, if it's for free, even if you have to pay for the flight or the hotel and whatnot, like just, just go and do it. Um, secondly is I really believe in the concept of there's power in proximity. So just get around people that are, are great, right? So get around Grant, his, his group, his, his coaches, and, and and study them right so like i love watching the the you know ed Milets, the some of these guys that are just incredible speakers and really kind of like breaking it down like scientifically and trying to figure out exactly why they're saying how they say in their body language and their, their their tonality and it really is a science and so you know just studying the best and i would i would challenge your listeners to figure out like who, who who really resonates with them like who do they see as the best in class speaker and then because everybody would say a different answer there and i think it kind of at least i found that the, the speakers that i really look up to are the ones that have some of the same traits that i have but i'm just not as good as them at I haven't refined those 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 those, those skills yet and so get proximity study them um third thing i would say is is uh if it scares you you should do it <laughs> like that like it i think it's totally no you know one of the the, the, the biggest human fears is public speaking I, yeah. I don't know the psychology behind that but it's pretty fascinating that you know you see these people that have done some incredible things in their lives and if then you get them on a stage and <laughs> it just it shuts down it's it's just a, it, it's it's tough um and then one more thing i would just add is and i'll kind of find out wrapped up with this because i i really do believe that experiences are the new economy and what i mean by that is you know everybody wants experiences and the more you can create an experience for your audience the more they're going to remember you and and, and i also think that the more they're willing to pay for your services and so you know whether it's baby boomers or millennials whoever it might be people are willing to pay a premium for experiences and so for me personally like you know all the restaurants that i'm involved in are very very experiential you know, we brought a Top Golf into Utah last year. You know, it's very experiential. Um, even Axia Partners, if you go to our homepage, axiapartners.com, the homepage says experiential investing. And it's all about creating experiences for our investors, whether that's monthly webinars, whether that's, you know, swag boxes in the mail. Whether, there's a lot of examples there. But the more you can create an experience for your client or your audience, the more they will not only appreciate it, but you'll be more memorable and they're more likely to do business with you in the future. Yeah. Good stuff. You mentioned your website, uh, both your personal brand and Axia earlier, uh, as well as some of your social handles. Give us a refresher where, if we want to check you out, find out more about what you're up to, where can we go? 
You bet. So personally, it's DaveAllred.com or on all the social socials, DaveAllred. Uh, Axie Partners, uh, AxiePartners.com. Uh, I'm also on social media. Love to connect with the community. And uh, yeah. Awesome. Dave, thanks for the time, brother. We appreciate it. Thanks, Grant. Appreciate you. Hey friend, are you ready to get serious about taking your speaking business to the next level? Maybe you are someone who is looking for ways to book more paid gigs, or maybe you're trying to figure out all the different things that go into building a successful speaking business. Or perhaps you are an experienced speaker who wants to scale your speaking business to multiple six figures. And so if that's you, I would encourage you to visit thespeakerlab.com slash apply. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash apply. I want you to book a free, no obligation call with our team. And if you're not quite ready to take that leap. I don't want you to hesitate in checking out all the free resources that we have available to you on our website, including this podcast. So head over to thespeakerlab.com. Again, thespeakerlab.com. Find hundreds of blog posts, how-to guides, podcast episodes, email scripts, proposal templates, and so much more. Finally, I got a big favor. I would love for you to leave us a rating or review for this podcast. We read every single one, and it also helps other speakers find valuable free resources that they can use to build their own speaking careers. As always, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.